0: We're going down. 26 verses 34 and 35 it says jesus said unto him verily i say unto thee this that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice peter said unto him though i should die with thee i will not deny thee likewise also said all the disciples and so obviously right there he's saying peter you're gonna deny me and peter's like no no lord no lord i uh i'll die with you before i deny you but If you read down to verses 69 and 74, it says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not thou what thou sayest. And when he was gone out unto the porch, another maid saw him, and he said unto them, That there this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him, They stood by and said, Peter, surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. So for a few moments, I want to speak on, don't let the crowd be the crowd. And so I bring up this scripture, because I want to point out that Peter would have never denied the Lord if there wasn't a crowd of people there to pressure him, put the fear into him, make him uncomfortable. So without the crowd pressuring him there, he probably would have owned up and said, yes, I'm a disciple of Jesus. If I mean, there's no one there to scare him, to put the fear into him. But the crowd was there, and so all he could say was, I don't, I don't know this man you're talking about. I don't know who he is. And he was, he was pressured, and he couldn't find his way out of the situation. And within a few moments, multiple people recognized Peter and called him out. And it, he was just so afraid and couldn't, couldn't stand the pressure of the crowd that was in front of him. And in John 15 and 19, it says, If you were of the world, the world would love his own, but because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. This shows that God has made you out of this world, and you're not made to fit in, but you're made to stand out. And I'm sorry, but y'all can't be seated. That's my fault. Last week, I I made a joke that I wouldn't do that, and I did it, but that's all right. That's all right. I'm sorry. But uh, when you go out into communities in your schools and you see people who don't live the way we live by the same principles and by the same lifestyle, these are the people that Peter was surrounded by when he denied the Lord. He was caught up amongst the people God knew would get him to change his mind about not denying the Lord. And this... If you ever start to feel comfortable in or outside the church, you're wrong. You can't do that. You can't be comfortable when you're inside the church because you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so the adversary knows when you get comfortable that he can slip into your life and take away everything in a second. He's sneaky. He's the ultimate manipulator. And he wants wants to tell you whatever you want to hear for him to make you become of the world. You can't let yourself become stagnant and comfortable in the church. In my opinion, I, I say it's spiritual suicide. It, it breaks you down, and where you have come from, it breaks you so far down that it's hard to get back up because you you felt comfortable where you were, and so when you're comfortable, it just it breaks you down more than you can even imagine. And the people, another way that happens is when you surround yourself with people who are not living the same life you're living as a Christian. And so it'll tell you everything you need to know about your future in the church and just your future in general. And you have to make yourself do a reality check to ask yourself a question, are these people that I call my friends going to contribute or bring me down in my spiritual walk with God? And you have to be honest with yourself. You can't try to justify their their friendship with you because they're fun or you like to talk to them because they're either going to bring you down or they're gonna lift you up. And if they're bringing you down, then they're not doing the right thing as a friend. And have you have to set yourself apart from everyone else. Because if you set yourself up and be surrounded by the people of the world and the adversary, you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. He wants you to find that little bit of that I did this and I did that and you got comfortable with it. And you just keep doing it again because it's like you try to justify, oh, I did this and that and you know maybe I can do it again but you're really taking away from yourself as a Christian but everything of this world is temporary and God what God has for you is eternal nothing of this world is going to follow you to judgment day so you have to you have to realize that everything you're chasing if it's not in Christ then someday you're not going to have it and it can, and you can falter from that very quickly And you have have to set yourself apart. You have to be a higher standard to the rest of the world. You have to be set apart. You've been set apart by God to be an example for the world. So you must be a light to those who are broken. The people of this world are the way they are because they've never experienced what we experience. We come to the house of the Lord on Sundays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. But you, you have to set yourself apart, but you can't become so distant from the people that you can't you're not able to help them in the moment when they do need the help and we say it all the time that people are hungry for the word and they are but we have to be the ones to be able to show it to them like it says in Matthew 20:28 20, 28, 28 even as the son of man came not to minister not to be ministered unto but to minister and give his life a ransom for many meaning we have to be willing to help others and serve others just like Jesus did christian means to be christ and to be like Christ, you have to be able to serve others. And that's what we have to be able to do each and every day. We go out of this campus and into the world. And in, uh, in youth, we learned a, a series called Doctrine Does Matter. If you want to check it out, you can probably get Brother Nathan about it. It's a really good series, but it's a, it's a way to teach people Bible study. And it, it teaches everything about why we believe what we believe and why it's so biblical to us. But you have to be able to take these things out. You can't just come here and feed yourself and not be able to pour out into other people because everyone's a vessel, but when the vessel gets full, it can overflow, but overflowing is not really doing much, but you have to be able to pour into other people. Like pastor gets up here and he preaches to us, he pours out his spirit into us, and we have to be able to do the same for the people outside. But God has a plan for everybody in the world. He does, he He's going to help you through the tough times. He's going to be there. But the people people walk on the path of righteousness or they walk on the path of destruction. And the people, they make that choice every day. We make our choice every day to wake up and live for the Lord. And I love living for the Lord. Some people say they live for the Lord, but they don't really do what they need to be doing in their own life. But what I'm I'm trying to get at is people who walk on the path of destruction can be persuaded. I mean, we've seen it. Each and every Sunday Wednesday it happens so quick but we have to be the ones to be able to walk into their life and say you know okay hey I want to you know connect with you be the person to show them the good news of the Lord and tell them about your experience and what they've done for you our motto here at the church is to experience connect and empower but that needs to be the echoing motto of our daily lives as we're outside this campus in my opinion it's hard so we, that motto is for when people come to visit the church, but outside the church, you, I, I flip them around a little bit. I like to connect with people, obviously, because they're not here for the experience, so you have to be able to connect with them. You connect with the people who are hungry and need to be fed the word. You empower them as a Christian or as a person and be alongside them each step of the way, and then you get them to come with you for the experience. And this right here is, it should be the way we walk around and treat every day, is trying to help the people who need it the most. Because at some point, most of us were that person, and, and that we needed somebody to help us out in that moment. So just for like a little bit, I'm going to kind of share my testimony, because it goes, it goes along with this and shows how that, how that person did help me. And so when I started high school, it was great. I started varsity as a freshman, freshman basketball, and seniors. They all knew who I was, and I thought I was the guy as a freshman. I, I thought I was him. I wasn't, cause I wasn't. I wasn't that good. But I mean, I, I, my coach thought I was. So, but at the time, Brother William was the youth pastor, and I probably hadn't been to a service in a long time. I really kind of walked away from what I'd known my whole life. And then in my second year of high school, my sophomore year, it was even worse. I walked around the school. I thought I owned it. thought I was probably like Uncle Josh when he was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> thought he was the top dog. <laughs> no, but I, I put myself in a tear. I thought, like, people looked up to me, even as a sophomore. But it wasn't a person who was a Christian. It was a person who was walking in the world that they weren't meant to walk in. And by my junior year, the worst year of my life, I had completely forgotten about church. I I really stopped coming, being involved. I was lost, didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go, doing so many things I, I couldn't imagine doing now. It was just terrible. And I couldn't find myself in who I was. And that same year, early February, I decided I wanted to join the Louisiana National Guard. And so I started the process in early February and I was looking to leave that summer. That was last summer, so 2022. And uh, they got me set up. I was I was ready to go. I was going to Meps, which is where you enlist at. And I, I skipped school that day because I was supposed to go. And if I would have signed then, I would have been going to basic training that summer. It's called split option. I would have went to basic training. Then the next this summer, I would have went to AIT. But they got pushed back because I got. A heart murmur but it's innocent so it's not really a big deal for for regular doctors at least but the military kind of freaked out about it and wouldn't let me do anything until they checked it out for themselves but started the process in early February got pushed back well into it was April at this point I kind of I got impatient I wanted to back out but I, I told myself I was like you can't back out there's You know, there's nothing left for you but the military, in my opinion. That's what I felt. And so I I kept doing that. I uh, I was like, all right, well, let's go. Well, like a couple weeks later, they, they called me or they called my recruiter, and they was like, all right, you're good to go. You're all good to go for You're you can pick a job. You can go down there and list. And so we looked through the list of jobs I was able to do, and the first one I saw was infantry. And I don't know why I felt so drawn to it, but I picked it. I was like, I didn't look at any other jobs. I picked infantry. And if you all know what that is, it's people who use the weapons in, in, in the Army. So I, was, I chose to do that. And I, uh, I was so lost and depressed and beaten down, and I thought to myself, this is your destiny. This is what you're meant to go and do, and you're going to fight, and you're not going to come home because there's nothing left for you. And so I chose that career path in the military, and when I walked out of the office, I felt the weight of the world hit me on the shoulders, and it was, in, it was insane. It was probably the craziest moment of my life, and uh, I thought to myself immediately, this is where the devil wanted me to be. This is where, and when I walked out the building, the Lord hit me, and this is exactly what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to, to just go along with the plan because I thought it was a good idea, but it was it wasn't. And uh, luckily, I got to change that job, so I'm not doing that job anymore. So just a few days later after that,'s probably a couple weeks before camp start, I get a text from Brother Nathan Ward and uh, he was like, "Hey man, he's like you coming to camps And automatically in my head, I was a, a bit weirded out because I, I don't think I seriously hadn't been to a service Wednesday night service. barely talked to Brother Nathan. Since he had become youth pastor, and I get a text from, I was like, Nathan Ward? I was like, that's kind of weird, but I mean, I guess, I guess I'll guess i answer him. So I was really iffy about it. I didn't really want to go because I had just stopped being so involved in the church, and I didn't do much on Sundays but come and show up and leave. And And the thing that was so crazy about the whole situation is I was supposed to leave that summer, and I was never supposed to go to camp that year. And that camp changed my life forever. I could hear the Lord calling me one night when we were at camp. He said, son, your time has come. And first, he, he, was, he was pretty quiet for a few seconds. And I was kind of scared. He said, your time has come. I was like, Lord, don't take me right now, please, Jesus. I was nervous. I was like, bro, not not now, bro. Please, not now, not now. But... A little bit later, he was like, you aren't meant to live the life you've been living and you haven't gone too far and I'm here with my arms wide open. You just have to turn back and come and so I'll never forget that feeling in that moment. For me, at least every year, I'd go to camp. I'd be up there for that week and that week, I'd feel a lot. I'd feel my spirit. You know, I'd have a good feeling. and It would follow me for like two, two, three weeks and then i kind of let it go and whatever, but I knew that this time it would follow me for the rest of my life. But I I say all that just to say that it started with a text message from someone, and that was it. That's all he texted me. Hey, man, you coming to camps? And it changed my whole life. I was caught up in the crowd, but one simple text, and it changed my whole life. And so what I just—you have to be able to— reach out to people, no matter how it is, even if you just say, hey, I missed you this Sunday, or, hey, man, come to church with me, you know, we're having you service, or whatever, but I'll end with this, and y'all can stand if y'all want, is don't let the world tell you who you are, because there's an author who's already written your book, he has the plan for your life, and all you have to do is buy in. The world is always going to try to come against you, but you can always come right back with the word of the Lord. And you never let the crowd interfere with you, but you always be the one who interferes with the crowd.